Welcome to this latest edition of the Real Deal Podcast. I'm your host, Real Gerald Quinn. This is episode 783 of the Real Deal Podcast on this first of September 2021, recording late on a Wednesday night. Well, I mean, not too late, but yeah, a little late, a little late. Um, as always, uh, you can find this podcast at anywhere you choose to consume podcasts. You know, Stitcher, Spotify, Apple, uh, you know, Blog Talk Radio, of course. Um, a busy, busy program, podcast to say the least. We are roughly eight days away from the opening of the NFL season uh, with, how about to say, New England. <laughs> used to play, he used to play for New England, uh, Tampa Bay, defending their championship, of course, against the Dallas Cowboys. Uh, so that will be September 9th. We'll talk about that when, you know, uh, certainly I will have time and I'll certainly a lot to say on that. But still, still, you know, eight days away from that as we approach the NFL season. Um, you know, September 1st is always a, a, a momentous day for myself personally. Uh, this marks like the 17th, I uh, wouldn't call it an anniversary, but yeah, I guess you can call it, it is technically an anniversary of when I you know, moved down to the D.C. area back in 2004 on this exact day, Wednesday, September 1st, 2004. Uh, shout out to uh, the late and great, you know, Charles W. Quinn II, drove me, who drove me down here, drove in a Penske truck um, and we're just destroying some of uh, Aunt Carol's Famous fried chicken. I mean, I think we went through about about twenty pieces between us <laughs> while he's driving. So this always it, it always brings back a, a fond memory um, in terms of a, just a, a change of you know change of pace for me for me personally. Um, you know, moving from a place you know tr- from the uh, Marsville Tran area to the DC DMV. Uh, it was not a a move that was going to uh that I, that was planned uh kind of was you know a little impromptu kind of was like hey you know let's, let's see what happens here and 17 years later podcast and you know some of the work you know fortunate to uh you know work in the field of education for now you know going on 19 years so you know um it, it's, it's been a journey and certainly the best is yet to come. Um, again, we have a lot to do on this podcast. Let's just get right into it. We move the. Here we go. So, all right, here we go. A little technical situation, but we're going to begin with everybody's favorite topic: good old COVID. Um, the Washington as well, vaccine, vaccinations and COVID, you know, kind of go hand in hand. Uh, the Washington Nationals have decided to uh, let go longtime advisor Bob Boone um, and a few other uh, employees who frankly just refuse to follow uh, these man- the mandated vaccination protocols, essence, and 
Yeah, there are also a number of employees who are unvaccinated that are right now on unpaid leave and who have basically two weeks, um, basically have a deadline of two weeks or they're going to get fired themselves. Uh, We've seen a number of private industries, companies go this route. Um, So it's not surprising uh, whatsoever. We know in baseball, as well as the NFL that all like personnel department, as far as like when you talk about the head coaches, you know, uh, stadium employees, arena employees, got people of that ilk have to get, have to get vaccinated. The only people that are immune, um, you know, for lack of a better term of getting from getting vaccinated, of course, are the players who, of course, of course that has, of course, you know, with the NFL, they're going to be made tremendously uncomfortable if they don't get vaccinated, you know, with, testing and you know how long you have to be out if you're if you test positive and you're not vaccinated versus someone who tests positive that is vaccinated so we know that both all of these leagues are pressing hard for players to um be vaccinated um this this of course this topic has divided has been divisive within you know not only within sports sports world but you know our country and our world as as a whole um I'll say this, and I and I apologize for not mentioning this in the previous podcast. So maybe I did. I I don't think I did, but um, I recently got the vaccination um, this past August, early August, uh, or middle. I should say early August. It was um, middle August. I uh, got the first, got the Moderna shot. We'll be getting the second shot, um, you know, in a, in another week or so. And, you know, to me, what it came down to was, uh, you know, I work with kids. Uh, this Delta variant is running rapid. And, you know, I've done enough research in, in terms of doctors. I'm not talking about you, Twitter and Instagram, you know, Instagram doctors or YouTube doctors who, you know, who you don't know shit. I'm talking about, you know, speaking to real doctors, reading articles, doing real genuine research and I did it without you know without a narrative to try to fill I wasn't I, I just really wanted the, the pure facts the absolute truth about this about vaccinations and, and COVID in particular about vaccinations and what have you uh if you listen to me on this podcast before previous podcasts I I was you know hell-bent against getting vaccinated I would say, or not so much an anti-vaccination, but just saying, hey, I'm just going to wait this thing out. Um, I'm going to, you know, do all the research. Uh, I'm not going to be bullied or or allow, you know, back shamed or allow that narrative to kind of to to um, have any impact on the decision I make. And it didn't, to be honest with you. To me, it, it came down to the research. It came down to me. I feel like playing the percentages and, and going that in that direction. Now, with that being said, I'm not on here to say, go get your shot, be safe, protect everybody, don't be selfish. No, 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 no. Not, not here to say it at all. I got the vaccination still with a lot of questions and still reluctantly got the vaccination. The problem is, you have to, there is no middle ground with this and there's no search for absolute truth when it comes to this. 
You have a group of people who are either extremists, extremists on both sides. You have the anti-vaxxers who are into all these ridiculous conspiracy theories, spreading misinformation and believe that, you know, guys believe that people who are vaccinated or who are pushing the vaccination are, you know, are, are against, you know, the civil liberties of the country and are socialists and, you know, are feeling like the country is going to completely own them and, and have complete, absolute control of them as a human being. And you have the vaccinated people who believe that, you know, if you're not vaccinated, if you are, if you're not vaccinated, you're selfish. You are putting lives in danger. You, um, you don't care about anybody. You don't care about yourself. Uh, you are someone who is willing to die, you know, out of pure stupidity. That is what the vaxxers think about the non-vaccinated and the anti-vaccinated, anti-vaxxers. So again, there's no middle ground and there, you know, you have two sides who are both trying to push information that fits their respective narratives. And that is kind of dangerous because where, you know, where's the truth in all of this? Where's the truth? And then, you know, you hear again, I've heard, I heard doctors say, wait it out, wait it out, wait, you wait longer, you can wait to 2022. Heard doctors say, you're nuts if you don't take it right now, you're risking your, your, your you're risking your life. So I, I, you know, I've heard doctors say, you know, frankly, they don't trust it, don't take it, which is scary because they're, they're, you know, there's, it's no one absolutely knows like kind of what the right answer is. I mean, we're kind of getting people, if you're taking the vaccination like you, like myself, you're kind of playing the percentages. You know, it kind of is still, it's, it's a gamble. If you're unvaccinated, you know, again, you're taking a gamble being unvaccinated. So I say, I'll say that, I'll say all that to say, you know, don't, Try to, you know, don't try to fit, don't try to find information that fits your respective narrative. Again, continue to do the research. I do believe that it is a personal decision. I'm not going to back shame anybody. At the same time, you got to be willing to deal with the consequences of not being vaccinated. And I'm not talking about the medical ones that might happen. I'm just talking about, hey, you know, you might work for a private company or corporation that says you better take it or, you know, you know what? Find a new job. They have the right to do that. They, these private companies can do that in a heartbeat. Um, so if you, if you're willing to, if, you, if you're going to be willing to stand on your principles that hard, um, be you, you know, you might have to sacrifice. You, you, know, you have to be willing to take those. You have to be willing to take those, uh, sac- take those sacrifices and stand up in terms of stand up for what you believe in. Um, so, you know. You know, this is this situation in itself. Getting back to this situation is no surprise whatsoever. Um, you see a couple coaches in the NFL, not head coaches, but you know, a couple of assistants, coordinators. You know, go to go to same route. Basically, say they're not taking the vaccination, vaccination, and the organization said, "Okay, you know, see you later." Um, and we're going to see more of this as the months go go um, as we move further. Uh, into the into the into, as we get into football season, especially 
if this Delta variant keeps uh, picking up. And, um, you know, I, I don't expect a, again, I, I do expect, well, I do expect, though, I do expect a number of people to, if as soon as the, when the FDA approves the Moderna, I, I do expect that more people will be vaccinated and will take the vaccination. A lot of people, again, are, are you know, you got you have a group of people that are hell-bent against it regardless of, of what they're told or regardless of the numbers. But you also have people who, and I was under this camp, was under this camp as one of my excuses before I uh, came around to taking it, that don't trust it from a standpoint of why, you know, or waiting for, waiting for it to be fully approved by the FDA. We saw Pfizer now is fully approved, so there's people still waiting for Moderna and Johnson Johnson uh, to be uh, fully approved by the FDA. But again, this is going to be an ongoing war of vaccinated versus uh, the unvaccinated. So Kanye West uh, dropped his album on Sunday, um, which made perfect sense, to be honest, which considering that, you know, Drake had already announced that he is dropping certified level board on Friday. And listen, Kanye, you know, people talk about Kanye's mental health and being bipolar. Uh, Kanye, Kanye know what knows what time what time it is. I mean, Kanye, you know, you can say all you want about his his about how, how he's functioning right now. Kanye to me um, absolutely knows what he's doing. 1000%. And is just waiting for the rest of us to kind of catch up with his, for, with where he's at. Um, and I, 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 I'm going to get back to that. As far as the album goes, um, I didn't come in with great expectations for this album. I told you on numerous podcasts, I'm not anticipating this album whatsoever. I don't, I'm not sitting up here. It, you know, the only real reason I found out they dropped because, it, you know, through, uh, you know, a text mail, uh, a text thread. Um, so I wasn't checking title every five, 10 minutes, something like that, in order to see, hey, wait, it's Kanye dropping, it's Kanye dropping, Kanye dropping. No. And that's not, that's not anti-Kanye. I, I just, I, I understand where Kanye is at right now. You know, the days of Kanye being a top MC uh, those days are gone. Yeah, we're not gonna never ever mention him in a conversation with Kendrick Lamar, uh, Drake, you know, guy, uh, people, you know, J. Cole, those guys right now who are currently, you know, killing the game and who are currently at the top of, you know, little baby, uh, you know, people of that ilk who are currently at the at the top of their games and, and are, you know, regarded as the top MCs of the game. That day is done. And you know what? That's fine. You know, Kanye had his, had his time as a top MC, as a guy who was probably from 04 to 2010, the most important figure in the hip hop culture. Right now, Kanye is a still a cultural icon. He's a billionaire. He is going to move, continue, because he always has done this, to move left when everybody else goes right. And I'm not talking about politics. Um, and Kanye is going to do Kanye. Um, this is you know this album was twenty seven tracks. Uh, from was it too many tracks? Absolutely. Was it a bad album? No, it was fine. Yeah, it was. You know, I don't. 
I don't know what grade to give it, but it, it was, you know, I, it, it's, you know, he has some, he has some tracks on there that, that are, um, you know, production is production. We know that that's Kanye's specialty. That's he's as good as a producer as there's ever been. He is on. A, he, you could put, you could put him on a Mount Rushmore producers. Um, I just feel like I just don't have yeah, my expectation level for Kanye at this point. Is like, eh, okay. You know, I recognize where he's at in his in in um in life where he's at in terms of um he's Martin, he's going to march to the beat of his own drum. He's gonna do everything in his power to, you know, stay in the headlines, to um, you know, make us talk, make us talk about him. Uh the thing about Kanye. You know, if you want to be annoyed about Kanye about one thing is is the fact that you know, for someone who is one of the most famous musicians in, of the last you know fifty years or so, really doesn't need to do some of the stuff he does to draw uh, to draw attention. It, it, I mean, in a real way, he really doesn't need to do that. That's why you'll have a, a DJ and be calling him a clown. Um. I don't think he's a clown. I just, I mean, I, I think he's just in a place where, you know, he's surrounded. He's clearly not. He's surrounded. He's just surrounded by people who are telling him, telling him about himself, or clearly, he's not listening to. He's not listening to those people, and is doing his own thing. But again, this is again. If you are surprised by these actions by this album, then you just haven't been watching Kanye for the last, you know, uh, you know. Five years or so, or you have really, really, yeah. I mean, you can really go back to even kind of early on in Kanye's career, uh, before the internet jumped off. And you know, I think people, you know, people are really holding on to this dream of uh what Kanye used to be and just you know it's kind of it's almost like you see some of the records that this album you know did for streaming and some of the numbers that they did for streaming you talk about I think they did 95 million streams um second you know second biggest stream uh second biggest stream album debut out not debut album album uh of all time is behind Drake's um, in terms of his first week. Um, so he still has the pull of the people. I mean, he still has the ear, the eyes of the people. He knows this. Um, but, you know, it, 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 you know, I think where he's at right now is just, you know, he's beyond, you know, he's that guy who you, you know, that artist per se, because I, I believe he's, I, I don't believe, uh, I don't really buy into the fact that he's changed dramatically as a person. You know, they say money doesn't change you, it reveals who you really are. And I, I subscribe, a thousand percent subscribe to that. I just think Kanye is at a place, I, I think Kanye's in a way scared of not being, you know, of not getting the attention, of, uh, he's scared of, of falling by the wayside of 
of this new generation that you know, and that's, that's one of the big. That's one of the things with this, you know, with with this so with Drake beef, uh, with Drake beef because he, you know, Drake, you know, he was in essence Drake, you know, say ten years ago. Like I, I do think there's a fear that we that if we ever stop talking about Kanye about Kanye, and Giving him this attention, I, I really that then I would think you be have to have might have some concern for Kanye mentally because I don't think he, I, I frankly don't believe he could handle that. He could handle us not talking about him. I really don't believe that. I don't believe it. Not that he would be suicidal or anything like that, but I, I just think that you know, and I, I've said this, and again, I've said this repeatedly on podcasts. Um, that you know the the new drugs that uh, you know addiction, the new addiction attention is the new is the new drug. Just this the craving for attention through social media, uh, through you know the internet, social media, what have you is you know it, it is to definitely is without question the new drug. And, and Kanye, you know, and Kanye West is at is near the top at the top in terms of that. He's going to do whatever it takes to garner your attention, our attention, to keep our attention. Um, and I, again, I think that, like again, I think if you really closely follow his career, that it's not that big a difference between bigger difference between Kanye. I'm talking about as a person. I ain't talking about as a music artist, as a as an artist, but as a person. And persona, not that big a difference between 2021 Kanye versus 2004, 2005 Kanye. And if it wasn't for his political beliefs that he currently has, I don't think we, I think we would probably look at him exactly uh, the same in terms of the persona and just criticize his music for not being what it, what it once was. So, listen. I, it's a, the album. I'm fine with the album. I don't. Again, I, of course, it's not a great album, but it's not terrible. Somewhere, you know, somewhere in the middle. Is it an album I'm going to be bumping in October, mid October, early November? No, no. I, I don't anticipate it be an album that I'll go and re-listen to. It's not a re-listenable album. No, it's not that. I really haven't. You know, we listened to any of Kanye's stuff in the last four to five years, even though I did like I did like The Life of Pablo. I think that was a very good album. But I, when, I recently, when, I, when I'm re-listening to Kanye West music, it's, you know, it's College Dropout. It's, you know, Dark Twisted Fantasy, of course. You know, Graduation, Late Registration. Those are, that is the, you know, that is... Apex Kanye West is from, from a musical standpoint, but again, he has not really dramatically changed as a person as much as people want to make, you know, make it seem, um, make it make it seem as if he's just this completely new, unrecognizable, unrecognizable personality. I don't think his personality is is that dramatically different. Two thousand twenty one. Versus, uh, say, 2004, 2005, when he first came out. So, you know, the album, again, the album is fine. 
um, production, you know, production is always going to be top, you know, top notch uh, um, with uh, with uh, with Kanye. So, you know, he will have his week where he dominates the headlines, and then September third uh, is game over from that standpoint because Drake is going to. Um, completely take over what's left of the summer. Well, the summer's basically over, but Drake Drake will have uh, the rest of the year on lock until probably, unless Kendrick Lamar, you know, comes out before the year's out. Um, so that, and let me get back to my, I'm going to get back to my original point about don't get too caught up in terms of the Kanye, you know, mental health whole idea. And again, I, I don't, again, I, I, you know, I, I don't think he's faking mental health or he's, or I think he has legitimate issues with bipolar, uh, bipolar, but I, I, I think Kanye, I don't believe that you can be severely mentally damaged and operate on the level of Kanye as far from a business standpoint. Kanye is a billionaire. Kanye makes, runs multiple companies. And again, if you really look at, how Kanye moves and the method to his madness is not is not someone with the type of mental disorders that people claim that Kanye has. I, I just don't believe he has it to that extent. I believe he, you know, functioning. I would call him basically the epitome of a functioning alcoholic. Matter of fact, I would even say he's at a higher level because I, I don't, you know, can a functioning alcoholic run a you know billion dollar organ you know run a billion dollar organization or get to the level where he's you know just everything he touches turn to gold as far from a business standpoint? I, I you know maybe maybe, but again I think Kanye completely knows what he's doing. I don't like I don't think that Kanye makes any decision without putting a, a, a ton of thought into it. You want to you might want to say even you may overthink some shit. And get too deep in in terms of what he's trying to do, and you know, it's, it's, but I, I I don't think that I, he 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 understands what's going on. He understands what he's doing. So, you know, I'm not buying to, I'm not completely buying to this Kanye. You know, it's completely has lost it, and you know, we gotta you know worry about his mental health. I'm be honest with you, I, I think Kanye's fine. He has. Uh, and I think he deals with some of the mental health issues that everyday people deal with, people that people deal with every single day. So, you know, again, we'll be he'll, Kanye will have his week until Drake comes out Friday. And again, Kanye knew exactly what he was doing. He he was never going to try to come out the same day as Drake. That was that was never going to happen. He he would have got the, his album and the Lord, he would have got Len based it. By Drake, it, 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 it wouldn't have been close as far as sales, streams. I mean, Drake's album is going to is going to break the internet. It really is. Drake's album when it comes out twelve oh one twelve oh one Friday morning is going to break the internet. Kanye knew exactly what he was doing by not releasing uh, recent releasing that album on the on, on Friday. That just was that was never going to happen. Of course, uh, transitioning to um, to the NFL a little bit, 
Um, Cam Newton was released by the Patriots. And, and listen, this is the bottom line. Mac Jones is is the future, the president of the future of the New England Patriots at the quarterback position. And you can say what you want about Bill Belichick. I know, you know, you have Asante Samuel coming after him and, you know, just saying some dumb shit in regards to, like, it's one thing to choose Tom Brady. Say Tom Brady's more important than you. you can say Bill Belichick is just another coach. Like, that's when you, that's when it's like, all right, you know, you might just, you clearly have an ax to grind or something. You know, I forgot how it ended with, with you know, with Samuel and Belichick personally. I'm sure, I mean, I'm sure it ended as far as from a, Professional standpoint, you know, with like most, like it does with most Patriots, especially prominent Patriots that end up getting cut uh, toward even, uh, you know, towards the latter parts of their careers. But again, I, I this is how you handle, to me, a quarterback situation, unlike what the Miami Dolphins are doing with uh, Tua, talk of, uh, uh, with Tua, in terms of, you know, not basically, you know, wanting to go back and forth with him and with the Ryan Fitzpatrick situation. The Patriots know that Mac Jones, when the Patriots drafted Mac Jones in um, in the first round, that was, in in essence, the, the nail in the, in, in the coffin of Cam Newton, per se. Uh, that was it. I mean, that, it was just a matter of, you know, how many games will Cam play? before Mac Jones takes over the job. Two, three, four. I think cutting Cam Newton now, obviously even, I think makes that process, uh, makes all the sense in the world. And I mean, listen, I, I know there are thoughts about him. First of all, no one knows whether he's vaccinated or not. Let's, let's, be, let's, let's make that clear. We don't know. And if you, if you are basing your information off the internet, then good luck with that. But it, this is this is not about vaccine, non-vaccination or vaccinated. If you can play at a high, high level, especially at the quarterback position, it doesn't matter. You you're gonna like it doesn't matter about your vaccination status. You will be on a team. NFL teams, if NFL teams team believes that you can help their team win, again, vaccinated or non-vaccinated, you are going to be on a team. Now, if you're a fringe player. Then that's a whole other story. <laughs> like you, you probably you want to play football. You probably need to get vaccinated if you're a fringe player. If you want to play football. <laughs> so, but you know, for the for guys who are the stars or the t- good players, it, it doesn't matter from the vaccination standpoint. So I never bought the fact that Cam Newton was released based on on where in regards to the vaccination protocols and how he handled that situation and what have you. Let's say he is unvaccinated. I, I just didn't buy that being as being the reason why he got released. I think this is a situation and we saw you know New England cut another quarterback today. They have to obviously somebody has to have, somebody has to obviously back up Mac Jones, but this is New England saying we are all in on Mac Jones and full steam ahead. It's not going to be anybody that's that's going to challenge him. We're going to go all in sink or swim with Mac Jones. And by the way, I listen, I, I was not high on Mac Jones coming out of Alabama. He wasn't to me a can't miss product. I know a few, I know obviously there are a few people that liked him coming out of college. He clearly, you know, has the eye of the Patriots. But again, we'll see with Belichick, who, you know, has not had the greatest drafting record over the uh, over the past decade, though they did take Garofalo. 
Um, Brissett has some, has some decent you know years with with pay, with the Patriots as a backup, but Garofalo definitely is a talented player. So you know we'll see um, we'll see what happens what transpire what happens with Mac Jones. I mean he's going to be listen the offensive line is going to improve. We know they have a top defense. Um, Bill Belichick can still coach, so I, like he's in up. They have a great running game. Okay, so there you know there's some you know. There's there's a a, a a scenario where, you know, I can see the Patriots making the playoffs and Mac Jones being, you know, playing relatively well. But again, let's and let's also remember he's still a rookie too. Okay, he's still a rookie, still gonna make a number of mistakes. Um, for I don't care how talented you are as a first year quarterback, we see you know Peyton Manning struggle as a first year quarterback. So you know, very few guys walk in. And, and just rip up, rip, rip, rip up the league. But listen, he's coming into a situation with a all-time great coach, and with some uh, with a number of surrounding pieces as far as you know, offensive line, defensive line, and running game that you know does not put all the onus on him. Uh, as far as Cam Newton goes, listen, I, I still think Cam Newton, you know, Cam Newton might be probably is in that. Well, I can't say he's that far gone because. Yeah, Carmelo Anthony. No, I'm not gonna call him Carmelo. I'm not gonna call him Carmelo Anthony. I'll, I'll say this: you know, Cam Newton will start somewhere next year. Now, the question is, when? Obviously, who and when? If I were to watch the football team, I would pick up Cam Newton myself. I think Cam Newton, even right now, would be the best quarterback on their roster, on their uh, on their team. Even right now, so I, there's no place, there's no question to me that not only Cam Newton will end up getting picked up, he will start for somebody before the season's over. He may not be, it may not be, he may not, he may not be a starter in week one, but at some time during the season, because it's just not that many. I mean, you know, quarterback is is kind of top heavy. Every, like there are there are there's a certain teams that just just don't have quarterbacks. Um, there are some situations that uh, I, I, you know, I think Cam Newton could fit, could fit with. I, I think, or it could be, I think Cam Newton could be a stopgap in about three or four different situations. Uh, he could be a stopgap for Washington. He could be a stopgap for. I mean, you really almost could be a stopgap for the entire NFC East when you think about it. I mean, those, you know, I mean, who those that you know, Washington, Philadelphia, and the Giants to me all have quarterback question marks. Big quarterback question marks. Let's hold on Daniel Jones. We know Philly is a dumpster fire right now as far as the quarterback situation goes. And we don't know, uh, you know, Ryan Fitzpatrick is Ryan Fitzpatrick. I, because I know a lot of people have been singing the praises, but I, listen, I watched enough Ryan Fitzpatrick to know that that's not the guy you want to be counting on if your team is going to try to make a run to the Super Bowl. Like that's, you don't, yeah, you're not, or or he's going to be the future, or is he the future of the, fran- future of the franchise? So there are a number of teams that, to me, are in situations where Cam Newton could be, you know, could be a decent stopgap. There are worse options than Cam Newton. There are, to be uh, perfectly honest with you. So this past weekend, you had the Jake Paul, Tyron Woodley fight. Um, I didn't pay for the fight. Just let me just put that out there. Um, and it actually was better than, you know, 
it actually was better than I thought it was going to be. Uh, what you learned out of the fight is, if you didn't notice already, is Jake Paul will, and again, I don't expect him to ever challenge for a title. I don't expect, I, I, I think Jake Paul um, is just not that good. Uh, to be sure, perfectly honest with you. Now, is he a legitimate professional boxer? Yeah, but there are some bad legitimate professional boxers. And I, I think you know Tyrone Woodley easily. And time again, so, no, keep this in mind: Tyrone Woodley had never boxed in his life in terms of just bo- straight boxing. Tyrone, as far as this was, this was his first pro, pro fight as a boxer. We know what he's done with the MM, MMA, um, he's, and the fact that he's he's thirty nine years old. Like he caught. Jake Paul with a shot that basically shook Jake Paul to me for like a round, almost a round and a half. That if, if Willie had any boxing acumen, that he could have, he, he probably should have, could have, and should have knocked him out. So the fact that he that that had Jake Paul struggled this much against a guy who had never fought a professional fight in his life, a professional boxing match. That's, this tells you all you need to know if, if Jake Paul ever fought any legitimate contender uh, in whatever division. I mean, middleweight, super middleweight. He would be, I mean, forget about heavyweight. Let's say cruiserweight or super, you know, super middleweight or, or even like light heavy, you know, light heavyweight. He would get destroyed. And I ain't talking about, forget about Canelo. I mean, stop with that. I'm, just, I'm not even talking about, let's say the top, you know, 10, 15, Ranked top ranked top ten top fifteen ranked guys contenders. I, and Jake Paul would get washed. So I again, and I think both the Paul brothers are smart enough to figure this out. I they will continue to take these novelty fights because that they have you know tens of millions of of between their YouTube and their Instagram and all their followers. They I mean they probably have forty or fifty you know. 30 or 40 million followers, people following them between all their platforms. They are extremely smart business business people. Give them credit for that. They've built a brand that, you know, people gravitate to. They have developed themselves into professional boxers. Now, again, now again, these guys go, they train in the gym. They work out with real boxers. They, they can box in terms of calling, you can call them professionals. Are they, again, they're not good. They're not very good, but they are professional. They are real, legit boxers. Like they will knock the average person out. Period. Uh, somebody off the street saying they could fight would fight Jake Paul. You would get knocked out. It's Jake Paul. Jake Paul and Jake Paul lives in the gym. He's in the gym a lot. I mean, he's in the gym. He's a, he's trained to become a legitimate boxer. But again, there are levels to this. And again, what this fight told me. I probably kind of probably already knew, but it, it confirmed 1,000% that these guys, that, that Jake Paul is, wouldn't be a threat to any title contender or to any legitimate, you know, highly ranked boxer. It, like, it just wouldn't happen. Again, and I think Jake Paul is a smart man. Both of them, I think Jake Paul and Logan Paul are smart. I don't think they'll ever get into a ring with, now again, the, you know, Floyd Mayweather, you you saw what happened with Floyd with the Floyd Mayweather uh, exhibition, yeah, you know Floyd, you know toy with him, and that again that was more of an indictment on Floyd as well, but not being able to uh, to knock Paul out. 
But against any of these, you know, current contenders, no. No, it's no, it's they I don't anticipate it at all. They'll be listen, this is this is 2021. This is the era of social media, YouTube. There's always a novelty act that people will follow that Jake Paul can put in front of can 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 get in the boxing ring. And people will buy pay-per-view numbers by the boatloads. Period. Those those the Woodley Jake, the Woodley Jake Paul pay-per-view numbers were off the charts. Off the charts. And people will continue to come back. So this is one of the, and I, I, I put this link on here for a reason. Um, one of the, you, you talk about a story, a, a just completely a unbelievable story layered with lies and, and just, uh, Things that that are in the story that you just will not believe. So let me just get to it. Uh, Bishop Sycamore is a well, I can't even call him a real high school. Bishop Sycamore is a uh, football team that played against IMG Academy um, this past Friday. So IMG Academy, of course, is one of the top football prep programs in the country. They will produce a number of college players that will probably play in the uh will play in the NFL someday. Uh IMG Academy had nine players ranked in ESPN's top 300 uh top, top 300. So a loaded probably uh, probably the number one high school program in the in, in you know in the uh in the country. Again, they get they're getting players from all over as well, you know, all over the place. Um so it's you know they they do their own little recruiting from that standpoint. But here's the thing Bishop Sycamore somehow basically conned their way on a on getting on national television on an ESPN. ESPN, of course, televises these nationally ranked high school games with all these top programs, these LaSalle, DeMatha, programs of that ilk. Um, so somehow through Paragon marketing and and other you know connections, they get a they go play IMG. Get the shit kicked out of them, lose like fifty-eight to nothing. Um, on Sunday, played they had played the game on a previously on a Friday, and it's like people, you know, people during the broadcast is like, "Where are these? You know, who is this team? What about their credentials?" Um, some more digging and reporting was done. They found you have a situation where their coaches have you know warrants and have some. Obviously, shady have shady past dealings in terms of bank fraud and shit like to that nature. They have players who are of like nineteen and twenty years old who clearly who weren't good enough to play college. Got a couple of JUCO players who are playing as high school players. Okay, and it, it is just you know no one knows. There's no physical location of the high school. Um, this this. Supposedly supposed to be located in the they supposedly they're supposedly located in the state of Ohio, yet they're not licensed by the state or the charter board. They like so basically, you know, again, I I I, say I would encourage you to go read the article yourself by awful announcing. But basically, this is a is they're being accused of basically being a online operation that this program is 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 a fraud. This program is, has been, you know. 
is run by shady people up and down across the board. Um, but somehow they found their way on ESPN playing against the top ranked football team, uh, high school football team in the country. If this is not a definition of a 2021 story, I don't know what is. I really don't know what is. How, you know, you could just basically lie your way into anything or con your way into anything or take advantage of, you know, a, you know, of a systematic, you know, flaw uh, in terms of some of these, in terms of a lot of these high school teams, top high school teams have a hard time scheduling non-conference opponents. So again, Bishop Sycamore, again, not an official school, um, just being run by basically a bunch of criminals. And I don't feel sorry for the players because the players, because these players are not kids. A number of their players, if you read the reports, are like are basically grown men playing against high school players and and you know and still getting their asses kicked because they're playing against high school players that will be in some of them will be in the NFL someday. And all of them, most of them are legit D1 top level, you know, Alabama, Georgia, Notre Dame, that level type players. So I I, I don't again with that being said, I still with that being said, I still don't feel sorry for uh these are not kids. A lot of these players on this team on this particular team were are were grown adults. So I, I know a lot of people were trying to be sympathetic because they got the shit kicked out of them you know, and because their roster is only 35, they only have 35 players. You know, a lot of, a lot of these players were playing, played basically two games in a weekend, playing two-way football, uh doing and then you know switching their jerseys, uh changing, you know, switching jerseys during the course of the game or, or in between games. So again, this again, this is if this would have happened five, 10 years ago, I probably would not have believed it. Ten this happens 10 years ago, I'm like, you know, you know, poor I I, I would have to be like it would have to come from a you know investigative Pulitzer surprise winning type writers for me to believe some something like this could occur. But but again in 2021, this is absolutely part, you know, part of course. In 2021, again, a unbelievable story to say the least. Now, of course, as usual, ESPN comes off as a well, you know, wasn't our fault. You know, this we didn't we don't book the games and so on and so on. But it, even which is true. But even with that said, it is you know still not a good look for ESPN, which has already had is a tumultuous year as is with all the stuff that they've dealt with. Uh, over the course of the past calendar year. So check out this article. Again, you had a, a, a high school football team with no physical building. No one knows if, if players are even are, go to class. No one knows anything about this program. They, they One of the physical addresses turned out to be a athletic complex. It actually wasn't, was, definitely was not a high school. Um, Again, I just lie, you know, you got, I just say layer, I mean a layer of lies upon lies upon lies. 
couple of real thoughts before we before I let you go. Uh, Shikari Richardson, of course, cannot stay out, cannot stay out the headlines if her life depended on it. Um, she tweeted, uh, or usually with Twitter, I, sometimes I get Twitter confused with Instagram, but I believe it was, I believe this was a tweet where she put um, the word violence. And I guess what we're supposed to take from that is that she is uh, going to continue to fight this losing battle against the world of the internet, which we all know is undefeated with like a billion knockouts. So she's going to continue this. It seemingly just um, poor choices and this behavior that has got you wondering, are we looking at another, you know, where are they now? Uh, what could have been type ordeal? Too much, too fast. Because, you know, ever since, you know, ever since she opened her mouth a few weeks back, even before the, the race when she finished dead last, it has been one blunder and one misstep after another in regards to, in regards to Shikari Richardson. I don't know who is advising her. I don't know who her friends are. I don't I don't even know. We don't even know if she's listening to anybody. But um, she is fucking up in a major way, uh, to say the least. And I'm not, and again, I'm not here one to sit up here and coddle Shikari Richardson. I just call it the way I see it. And you have somebody. I'm not. I'm not even gonna blame it on mental health. I'm. Just, I'm, just, I'm not. I don't, that's that gets weaponized a little bit too much in in 2021 as well. You could just be, you know, someone that are just making that is just making bad decisions. Now again, she's 21 years old. She still has room to grow, to evolve. But she still, she is a grown ass woman that knows the difference between right and wrong. What she said about Alison Felix last week was dead wrong. What she said about the country, was she liking a tweet tweet about basically um, someone making fun of poor people in regards to what she said in regards to um, uh, Jamaican people was dead wrong, period. And again, now with this recent tweet, seems like she hasn't learned anything and is going to continue to basically not double but triple down on, you know, her, this me against the world uh, mentality, this, you know, you know, uh, this mentality that, you know, is, is leading her down a path. And again, I, I've seen this before with, with, with athletes, with certain athletes where, you know, they get a little success, they get a little notoriety and can't tell them nothing. Here's the thing with her. And, you know, in, again, in 2021, you don't have, unfortunately, like you don't have to win at a high level in order to get notoriety or to get celebrated. We celebrated Shikari a little too early, man. Celebrated her a little too early. She, you know, she had the sixth fastest time of all time. We get it, but hasn't done enough, done enough to warn any, any, this type of behavior. I'll say that. Like you can't, we, I, we talked about how much shit she was talking can't be doing this shit and finishing last place. I'm sorry. Like I, you know, I could talk about um, you know, we could we could talk about certain athletes who do dumb shit, talk the shit, you know, say anything, 
But they when they're on the court, they produce. They produce. So when the I'll say this like when when the action off the court overtakes or outshines what you're doing on the track, on the court, or in her case, on the track. That's when that's when that's when the red that's when the uh, the alarm should go off. That's when it started looking. Uh, that's when you know we we should see those red flags, and that's when it goes all it goes downhill. Now again, she's 21 years old. Hopefully, she 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 grows up, matures, evolves. Right now, is is frankly is not looking good. It's not looking like this is going to end well in regards to her career. Um, ben Simmons, so. Uh, ben Simmons is demanded, basically demanded a trade, refused to report uh, to training camp. The Sixers have no one to blame but themselves in terms of the situation. Like Ben Simmons is devaluing himself and, and, and lessening his own value. But you know what? If I'm Ben Simmons, I could actually absolutely care less. I just want to get out of Philly. I don't care what you get from me. I don't care if you only get. 50 cent on a dollar or 40 cent on a dollar. Long as I'm long as I'm out of here, I'm good. In Philadelphia, again, you have no one to blame but you, but on no one to blame but yourselves in regards to how you've handled this situation from the beginning, from from the press conference of game seven against the uh, Atlanta Hawks. They have mis mishandled this entire situation. Uh, and it begins with, you know, Doc Rivers and Joel Embiid, period. Begins with those two. So, um, I, I there's I don't see I don't see any way that Simmons will be a Philadelphia 76er uh, come October, come when the season starts. I I don't think he ever plays in another in the 60 uniform ever again. So I think he will be moved uh, before the season starts. That's gonna wrap it up for today's edition of the Real Deal Podcast. This episode will be out tomorrow. Have a great rest of the week. I will see you soon.